Last couple of weeks we were talking about, uh, I talked about discovering our gift, discovering our passion, and discovering our yes. So we talked about discovering our gift, discovering our passion, and discovering our yes. And what I realize is as a parent, I, I, I see this mostly as a parent. As a parent, I sometimes forget the process. It's been quite a journey in life. At 46 years old, I forget about what it was like when I was 15, 16. I, I actually forget what it was like when I was 36 years old. I forget about how far I've come in the journey and some things that I probably just naturally do and walk in, but I forget that for maybe some people, they're still in the process of learning how to walk through those things or they're learning how to do something. And so I felt like after this, this little series that we did, it was really quick and you know, to, you know, for you to discover your gifts, your passion, your yes, I realized that we need some fundamental things to really help us walk successfully in that. And I would say just some key habits. One of the habits that we're going to talk about today is developing a relationship with your Bible. It's like I just dropped a bomb in the room. Developing a relationship with your Bible. Now, let me, let me talk real quickly about what the Bible is. The Bible, uh, the word Bible just comes from the word biblios. It means book. This is a book. Biblios, book. But here's the difference. This book is made up of 66 smaller books penned by um, at least 40 different authors that all somehow mysteriously got all of the same story lined up and correct and were able to foretell things that were going to happen thousands of years later. And those things happened to take place exactly how it said. Who I don't know who could have orchestrated that. Okay. And here's some fun little stuff. If you have a brain wired like mine, uh, it's made up of, of a two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament, this is an easy way to remember how many books are in the Old Testament. The word old has three letters in it. The word testament has nine letters in it. If you take the two numbers and put them together, three and nine, there's 39 books in the Old Testament. The word new has three uh, letters in it. The word testament has nine. If you multiply three times nine, that's what? How many books do you think are in the New Testament? 27 books in the New Testament. If you add those two together, that's your 66 books. Does that make sense? Okay, just some fun stuff. We're going to talk about some fun stuff that has to do with the Bible really quickly before we get into it. Um, number one, I want you to know that what we believe, we believe here at Movement Church in the authority and then inerrancy. That means there's no error that everything that I read in this book that I call the Bible has zero flaw or error in it. Scripture tells me there's no flaw or error in the Word of God. We believe in the inerrancy of this Word. We also believe in the divine inspiration that God breathed these words into the heart of the, pen, of the authors that penned these things, and it's breathed. It's divine inspiration, okay? Here's some fun facts to know about the Bible. Right now, currently in 2019, I'm just going to talk about one platform, one way to search for something. I'm going to talk about YouTube really quickly. There's a specific reason I'm going to pick YouTube. YouTube is the number two platform used in the world right now. YouTube is the number one platform used by the Gen Z uh, generation. Millennials, I'm a, I'm a Gen X. There's millennials and there's Gen Z. Gen Z, the number one platform, daily usage is YouTube. Is anyone in this room that uses YouTube on the daily that can back me up? Raise your hand. I'm 46 years old. Here's what's crazy. I'm 46 years old. I use YouTube daily. 
I don't watch TV. I don't watch cable. I use YouTube daily. We put our messages on YouTube. We're like, we stream live to YouTube now. You can watch on Facebook. You can also watch on YouTube. YouTube is a better experience, I think. They have an amazing platform. Now, why am I talking about YouTube? Because I want you to understand the statistic that I'm about ready to tell you. The phrase, Bible study how-to. Bible study how-to is searched over 538,000 times in America alone, on YouTube alone, in one month. You know what that tells me? It tells me that deep in the heart of people, close to 600,000 a month, are trying to figure out how to study and understand this book made up of 66 smaller books, divinely inspired by God. That's the truth. Here's another interesting statistic. In 2017, there was a study done by Barna Group, and they found that over 80% of all Americans, not Americans that consider some Christians, over 80% of all Americans polled believe, they believe in the divine inspiration of this book. Over 80% of the people, like 53% believe that, that in the truth of this book. Another like 52 said, you know, and they, they asked about like, is it a good moral compass? 52% around there said, this is a great moral compass. Do you think that's reflective in our society? Probably not. But this is how people are answering. Here, here's another fun stat. More than half of all American adults, that's 58% to be specific, 58% of all American adults wish that they read their Bible more. That's not Christians. 58% of all American adults there's a thousand people that work for a company that you work for. If you sit in the, like, let's just take a thousand people. That means 580 of them are sitting in their heart quietly inside of them. And they're going, because I believe that this is divinely inspired and it gives me a moral compass and truth. I wish I read this more. Isn't that crazy? I want you to know, family, if you're sitting in this room right now and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's no need for us to feel shame over this book but there is a need for us to bring fame to this book. There is a need for us to say, I read this book on the daily. Let me tell you why. That there's people around you that want to know the truths that are in here. Because if you're sitting here, you may be sitting here for one reason. You're looking for something. And, and I will tell you that right now, uh, a lot of people go like, hey, you know Church needs to be relevant. I don't think the church needs to be as relevant as it needs to be honest. Let's have honest conversations. Let's talk about what the Bible says about sex. There, there's some younger ears in the room. And let me tell you something. If the stats are true, those younger ears are going to find the information somewhere. And if the statistics are true, guess the number one platform they're going to find it on. YouTube. Well, I, I just won't let them watch YouTube. I'll set up parental controls. Fine, the other 10,000 kids that they talk to are getting the information on where. And this isn't, I love, I actually love YouTube. 
What I'm saying to you is we have to control the narrative in, in our kids' lives. Listen, you have to control the narrative in your own life because the world always has a narrative that they want to speak for you about who you are. I'm going to control the narrative in my life and I want to teach you how to control the narrative in your life. These statistics are telling me that more than half of you wish that you read this book daily. Whether you, you're following God or not. So we're going to talk today about how to develop a relationship with the Bible. Amen? How many of you are excited about that? All right. Yeah, my kid's like, <laughs> Dad, I wish you read the Bible to me. Um, John 1.1, 1, 1. in the beginning was the word. Notice that word is capitalized. Why? Can anyone tell me why that word, word, is capitalized? Who, who is the word actually referring to? Jesus. This isn't like the answer is always Jesus. Who made the squirrel... Get run over by the car. Jesus. Who made the sky blue? Jesus. You know, like we don't, that's like, anyway. So that word is, so I'm going to read this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it or overwhelmed it or overcome it. So it's important for us to understand that Jesus is the Word and the Word is Jesus. That when we read the Bible, what we're doing is, is we're reading the narrative of Jesus. When we get to know Jesus, we get to know Scripture. When we get to know Scripture, we get to know Jesus because Jesus was the Word. Jesus is the Word. And everything you see was created through Jesus, through the Word through the divine inspiration of a father who wants to reveal himself to you. And Jesus held first place before there was a first place because nothing else existed. So since before the beginning, Jesus was in first. Does that make sense? So I'm going to give you, uh, again, uh, I, I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying this. I'm not speaking to you. Some of you are like, well, you know, pastor, you're, you get paid to read the Bible. Okay, because there's some people that have this thought process. So I'm not saying all of you, I'm not making a, a broad stroke statement, but just for the few critics in the room, well, you get paid to read the Bible. Now, now what I'm going to tell you is I'm not speaking to you. I, I, it's not relevance. It's honesty. I'm going to be honest with you today from a position of a guy. I'm just a guy. I'm a dad. I'm a husband, right? I'm a, I'm a fill in the blank. I'm all these roles in my life. I'm just a guy that needs this book every single day as much as anyone else. And so it is true that I study this book, but outside of studying this book for the purpose of standing on this platform and you and I having a dialogue, by the way, there's something, I like the dialogue. I like when you shout me down. I like when you're like, yeah, that's a good word. Amen. Praise Jesus. All right, we're done. Shut up. So as we're having this dialogue, I want you to understand, I'm having this dialogue apples to apples. These are the things that I do in my, my life on a personal level 
that I read scripture outside of everything that I'm studying, everything that's going on. This is, this is how I'm approaching just the basics of just who I am as a child of God. I want you to understand that. And I'm going to give you, this is, this is how I walk through. And if you can take something away from it, more power to you. Literally. May the Lord bless you with it. Number one, I give first portion of my day to my relationship with the Bible. I give the first portion of my day to my relationship with the Bible. Uh, I don't give the first portion of my day to a relationship with my wife. I don't give it to my kids. I don't give it to anything. First portion of my day goes to the relationship with my Bible. It says in Psalm 143, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you, and show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. That there's something that happens when I entrust my life in God's hands. The very first thing that I do is I spend time in this relationship with the Bible. Reading the words, reading the scripture. And I'm saying, I'm going to entrust my day and my life to you. I'm going to tell you how I arrived at this structure. Uh, I had this very uh, reflective process that I went through. And this is what a reflective process looks like to me. That means my wife came to me and said, hey, I think um, you, should, you should really think about some things that you're doing. And I was like, hmm, that was borderline irritating. And I thought, okay, I'll, you know, what, what do you got to say? And she, she, she would ask me sometimes, she'd say, are you, are you, do you read your Bible? It's like, yeah, I read my Bible. She goes, oh, I, I just never see it. Like you don't see the, the evidence of the goodness of God in my life? Or you're saying you don't physically see me reading the Bible. And really what she was saying was, because um, this is how I kind of governed my life. I would get up in the morning, every single morning, and as now I'm going to talk about as an athlete, because I, I do triathlon. So as a triathlete, I would get up every single morning and it's like, I want to get these workouts out of the way. So throughout my day, I was reading scripture. I was getting my word in. All right, I was getting my God on, whatever you want to say. But there's something important that happened. She actually, I think what she was saying to me was, um, I, this is something that, that me as your wife and your kids need to catch. It needs to be caught, not taught. Could 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 I could I could I just walk in every once in a while and catch you in the middle of scripture and have you have, hold, hold, hold on a second I'm in the really good part of numbers I've been waiting for this my entire life now if any of you have ever read the book of numbers you'll know why that is a complete joke every annual like I'm gonna read through the Bible in a year that's where you quit okay like Leviticus numbers. You're done. You're like, I'm over this. Okay? She wanted to catch me. So this is the adjustment that I made. I realized in my own life that I needed to start my day consuming the thing that I wanted to crave the most. I needed to set my day up for success for what it is that I had a goal to achieve. 
And I don't want to be an okay dad. And I don't want to be an okay husband. And I don't want to be an okay pastor, an okay friend. Because left on my own, I'm not even able, I'll just, again, this is not self-deprecating, but on my own, I'm not, I don't even think I'm capable of being okay at those things. I naturally, I'm just, I, I'm driven, I have an intense personality, I, I'm a challenger. If you've sat here for any period of time, I'm always like challenging, like, what are we doing? Let's, you know, and it's like, it can, I, I need God to temper those things in me. Does anyone else relate to this? At best, I'm okay. And so this is how I would explain it. Um, when, I, when I'm training, I get up, I'll get up in the morning and I either will train uh, between an hour and four hours athletically, depending on where I'm at right now. I'm getting ready to drop back into training again for a half Ironman that's coming up in December. And so this is what I do. Based on what I want to see in my day, that's going to determine what I consume in the morning. Here's how it works. If I don't have a really long workout and it's not really intense, your body, when you're asleep, your body is in what's called a fat-burning state. And it's just burning calories and it's burning fat. And when I get up in the morning, if I want, because I want to be lean as a triathlete, I, I want to burn some fat off my body and I don't have an intense workout, this is the goal, this is my physical being, this is the goal for the day based on the activity that I have. What I'll get up in the morning and do is I'll eat a little bit of fat. So for me, it's some sunflower butter. Why? Because if I eat fat, it keeps my body in the fat-burning state. And then I can go out and do, do a workout basically fasted, meaning I'm not eating during the workout. I'm not eating a bunch of food before that. Based on what my desired result is, is going to determine what I consume in the morning. Now, conversely, if I get up and I have a very intense workout coming up that day, I'm talking one that's like crushes you. You're like, I think I'm going to vomit. It's going to be really intense. Longer than an hour. I get up and what do I do? I consume carbohydrates. Because when you go put that intense work in, if I told you right now, let's all go run up the hill that, with the big P on the hill. We're going to sprint up all the way up that thing. A lot of us would get a portion of the way up and our muscles just like, you know, like your legs feel like you're running in mud. You're like, I can't move. What's happening is, is all the glycogen, the sugar storage, all, the, all that in your muscles is being burnt. If you don't have carbohydrates that you're eating to actually get you through that activity that day, you won't make it. Is this making sense? I look at my spirit man the exact same way. I have to consume the right nutrients for my spiritual being to make it through the day based on the activities that I know that are coming up. And here's what I know. This is all I know, and this is what I, this is what I know about the activities coming up in my life. Probably not going to be what I plan. Okay? That's all I need to know. So what I do is, as a default, I get up every morning and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to develop a relationship with my Bible and I'm going to consume this because I know this is, this is going to be the nutritional piece that I need to get through my day. And I've also found that as I, as I feed my spirit man, guess what it does? It helps my physical man, helps my emotional and mental being. Do you guys under, are you guys understanding what I'm saying? 
if the first thing I do is I set the mark and I set nutritionally the values and I'm feeding the thing that really is the most important base to be fed, suddenly I have the capacity just to be a more loving and gentle dad. I have the ability to reflect and go, oh, it's God's love and kindness that leads to repentance. So how, how am I loving and being kind? Am I being gentle? Are you with me? What you consume, you will crave. I guarantee you, if you get up every morning and you consume this, the very first part of your day, the very first part of your day, you will begin to crave it. Now, some of you are saying, you know, hey, I don't, Pat, I get up at 4 a.m. and I'm early, I have to be up really early. You don't know my schedule. You don't know my day. I guarantee you, I can guarantee you right now, I could sit down with you and I could find 15 minutes in your life every single day that you could be consuming this. I guarantee it. because, And I know that because I'm just like you. You will always invest in what you value the most. And when I made, I'm going to value this the most so it gets priority. Why? Because Jesus is first. He always has been first. And now I intentionally need to make him first. One of the tricks that I love, here's a little hack. Uh, there are times when I'm up early and I'm like, boom, and I got to go. I actually will take and open up my Bible app. And it's got this amazing feature on it where instead of me reading the scripture, I just press play. And it's talking to me. It Really sweet voices, you know, accents and stuff. And I just get to listen. I get to listen to what's going on. If you really want to like hypertext and be like really nerdy about it, this is an amazing way. This is a hack that I learned is listen to it and read it at the same time because you're getting it audio and visual and some, it changes something. I'm a very visual person. So, it's, so I'll actually read and listen at the same time, hearing the human voice read it. Okay. There's a little hack for you. Number two, number two, I pray for insight from the scripture I'm reading. This is important. I, I literally pray insight, and this is the prayer. Um, you guys, I don't know if you guys have it. God, reveal, does, you guys have it in the notes? Okay, and this is what I say. God, reveal yourself to me in a way I've never seen or I've never known. Simple. God, as I'm reading, I'm in the book of Exodus right now. So for me and my personal reading plan, outside of all the studying I do and all the other things about Bible and theology and all this other stuff, my basic reading plan, it's very simple. It's actually the chronological read through the Bible in a year plan that I get from the Bible app. It's that simple, you guys. We don't have to make this complicated. Something happens when I show, just show up and start reading it because I'm spending time with Jesus because Jesus is the word. Something happens when I'm just there with him. Okay? So I say, this is my prayer. God, would you just show me? Give me insight. Why is insight important? Why is insight important? Insight actually gets the scripture inside of me. When I get insight into something, it gets the scripture inside of me. 
So the goal isn't just for me to read the book. Okay, so uh, uh, some of you might relate to this. I used to sit and read the Bible, and it was just like, it was a far off thing. It was letters and words on a page, but it wasn't personal to me. But when I started reading it and asking God, God, would you give me insight? Would you reveal yourself to me in it? When, that, when I started asking that, and by the way, it worked every single time. I'm going to share with you in a second how I got it to work every single time. Every single time, God actually answered that prayer. It's fabulous. One of the few prayers that I've had where God like gives me the yes, like he's going to give me insight every time. I'm like, well, how did this work? I figured it out. I'm going to tell you in a second. But if I'm reading it and I don't ask for insight, what I'm really doing is saying, I'm reading it to check a box, but it's external from me. It's not part of my life. When I ask God for insight, this is what I'm saying. God, my heart is open and it, it's, it's soft soil for the seed. It says that scripture is like seed for the seed of your heart to be planted in my heart. Insight gets this scripture inside of me. Insight is personal. So when I spend time in the Bible, I'm not asking God for insight to reveal things to me so that I can beat my spouse or my child or my neighbor or my coworker over the head about how much they suck. Come on. When we sit in conferences or we sit at church, sometimes we listen with a set of ears that's like, I wish my buddy John was here to hear that because he, he's like the worst at that. Spouses like nudging each other, like, like you listening? I've been praying Jesus would rebuke you. That just came right out of pastor's mouth. Any couples in here that could admit to that? Amen. Go ahead. Honesty, honesty. Forget relevance. Let's, talk, let's be honest. This is a place of honesty. Okay, you're honest. Those are the couples that don't even really need counseling because they're willing to be honest and vulnerable. Like when I listen, I listen to correct you. <laughs> I ain't listening for any revelation about my life. We just need to get you fixed. In fact, my problem is you. If you were fixed, I'd be perfect. God gave me an itch that I just can't get to and I married him. I don't know what the problem is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be honest. There was a time in, in my wife Shannon and I's life that uh, she, had, <laughs> she had been saying to me, we should go back to church. <laughs> what? I'm not going to church. They're all hypocrites. You ever heard this? They're all hypocrites. You know, over 60% of all millennials right now state the reason they don't go to church is because they feel like the church is uh, full of a bunch of hypocrites. Here's why. I'm going to tell you. You know why? Because a bunch of people that sit in churches across America, I'm just going to pick on America. YouTube did. Um, a bunch of people sit in church. We, we read this but we don't read it for personal insight. And, and our kids are watching. They're like, mom and dad read this a lot, but it's like nothing got planted in their heart. So Shandra says to me, we should go to church. And I'm like, I ain't going to church because... And then a good friend of mine says, hey, Pat, you should come to church with me. 
And I was like, that's the most brilliant idea ever. <laughs> how, how do you think Shannon and I handled that? Uh, we fought about that one. She's like, you just don't listen to me. And I'm like, I listen to you when you're right. <laughs> that's where we were, right? So I went to church. God got a hold of my heart. I won't tell you the whole story. God got a hold of my heart. I started going to a life group. That life group actually is what started this church. In the midst of that, though, Shandra was so upset. And we lived in this really tiny place in South Oceanside. Uh, we grew up in Oceanside. And it was this really sweet, like, take me back there place. Rent was like 600 bucks a month. And it was close to the beach. And we were like, oh, this is amazing. And then we'd get mad at each other. And she'd march five feet to the other end of the house, you know? So she was like, well, I'm not going. So she'd five feet down the hallway and shut the door with our oldest and she'd go to sleep. And I would come home um, from this life group and I would sit down in the middle of our living room. My wife, five feet down the hallway with my daughter. Our relationship broken. And I would open this up. And I would set it down on the ground and I would sit down. And I would begin reading. And I would say, God, my heart is open for you to give me insight and reveal to me what it is that you need for me to change. Because I believe in my heart that my wife loves me. She's frustrated with me, and I understand why. And I don't think you're a God that wants to reveal to me how to fix my wife but you're a personal God that wants to reveal to me a plan that you have for my life. And I'm willing to be changed. I'm willing for you to reveal yourself to me. That changed everything. A lot of people say that this book was written by humanity in their search for a higher being. That's all the Bible is, Pat. It's just another book written. Humans of man trying to reach higher being. Can I tell you that's the furthest thing from the truth? That this book is one of the only books you're ever going to read that is full of the love of a father who is making every effort possible to reveal himself to you. Do you know how I got the prayer, God, would you just give me insight today to work every single time? I simply asked. It'll work every time because God is a God who is unchanging. And this book was written to you and I to reveal who he is to us. And when my heart is in alignment with that and I go, my heart is now open, reveal yourself to me. He shows up every time. He's there every single time. Number three. I, so I first, I'm going to spend some time intentionally with, with Jesus, with the Word, developing a relationship with the Bible. Number two, I'm going to ask for insight. Number three. I'm going to apply what the Bible says to my current life circumstances. This is huge. 
I just told you that we have younger generations that one of the biggest disconnects isn't with God, it's with the people of God. Because some things are caught and not taught. What's happening is, is that we're developing a relationship with our Bible. Maybe we're asking for insight. We're going that far, but we're not applying it, and it seems hypocritical. So when I read Scripture, I'm reading for insight, and then I'm saying, God, would you show me how to apply this to my life circumstances? Now, number one question, why don't we apply what we read to our lives more often? valid question. I'm going to say chiefly, number one is faith. Application takes faith. Application of what this book is telling me in 66 books, over 40 different authors, takes faith for me to believe. Faith, the word faith, believe. This deep level of belief in me that that what it says is actually true takes faith. But did you know how, you know how you get faith? This is a catch-22. You know how you get faith? I love this scripture, Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. You can't develop, you can't develop the faith that you need to apply what you're reading unless you're reading. I need more faith. Read more. And the more you read, the more faith you have. And do you know what? You're going to be able to apply what you know to bigger, maybe more difficult, more grand circumstances. I call that your spiritual fitness. It's your spiritual fitness. I start out running. Some people are like, hey, I want to do triathlons. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then they start out running and they're like, like I tried to run five miles. And I was like dying. I'm like, don't try to run five miles. Run one. And don't try to sprint it. Run run like this pace. This is You should be able to run and have a conversation. What am I doing? I'm developing a phys- like their physical fitness. And do you know the more fit they become, the more faith that they have in their body that it's going to be able to perform if they have to run longer? And they can begin doing it faster and it becomes a little bit easier. So they're not like superheroes. They've applied some really basic things like they've developed a relationship with their exercise. We're going to develop a relationship with our Bible. We're going to ask for insight and we're going to apply. Why? Because the application, when we start to exercise that faith, that's our spiritual fitness. You're going to be able to endure things a little bit stronger. Things aren't going to go away. Doing what I just said isn't going to remove all the circumstances in your life mystically. What it does, it literally gives you something that you can stand on. It gives you something firm that you can stand on. Here's what's fascinating. I think one of the other things people say is, I believe it's true, but I don't believe it's relevant for today. The scripture is as relevant today as it was yesterday, and it will be as relevant in 2,000 years as it is today. It's alive. It says actually in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. So what happens is that I need to read the word and I need to live the word. And those two are the partner of my success. 
Guys, I want you to discover your gift. I want you to discover your passion, discover your yes. What I'm saying to you is here's some things that I want you to have some success in your life that you've never experienced before. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I have experienced some of that in my life, and I want you to share in that. And I want you to discover these things, but there's some habits that we have to know. What are the partners that we need to put together to see this success in these areas? And it's the reading and the living. It's the reading and understanding and the living of the Word of God. That is the first thing, the foundation that we have to get right. Not a motivational speech. Not that pastor that we love that we watch on YouTube. I mean, there's some amazing pastors out there. That's not going to do it. It is time for you and I to pull ourselves up to the table. Take off the bib. Grab the fork. And start to cut the meat and feed ourselves. If, if my life, if, if you're showing up on Sunday and that's when you're getting your God on through the word, do you eat that way? Do you wait till every Sunday to walk into our canvas and get a, a wonderful organic made muffin from T's Kitchen? I love their stuff. Do you only eat once a week? Family, are you eating once a week? You're malnourished. And then we wonder why we drag into Sundays, why we doubt and we don't have faith for things. See, when, when I ask for insight, it's the planting of God's word in me. When I apply it, it's the rooting of God's word in the soil of success that is the scripture. And if I'm just planted and I, I'm not eating, I'm malnourished and I'm easily uprooted. We're getting The scripture says you're getting blown to and fro. God wants us to be solid. And it's not in our own strength. We, can be, we, we stand firm on his word because his word is unchanging. Joshua 1a, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. You will be prosperous and successful. Read it. The word meditate is like, give me insight. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ruminate on it. It's not meditate, burn incense, and get weird. The word meditate is, has more to do with our Christian faith than anything else. Just because other people use the word meditate, okay, that's not weird. We need to meditate on the word of God. Chew on it, mull it over. I need it to be inside of me. Okay, you're going to chew your food. Why? Because you need to have it broke down and you need to get the insight of the nutrients in it inside of you so your body can function. And that is the recipe for success. I'm going to make this really simple for you guys. Everyone pull out your phones. Hit Bible plan. 21 days. Going through the Gospel of John that we're going to do together. I'm going to do it with you. All you have to do is scroll down and say, I'm going to start the plan. I want to make this on-ramp as easy as possible for you. Why the book of John? The book of John 
If you're a brand new believer, guess what I would tell you? Read book of John. So foundational. If you're, if you're someone's like, I'm a follower of Jesus and I just, I, I just want like, man, I just want something that's kind of refreshing and like, man, a story of Jesus' life, read through that. It's going to give you some ideas as a follower of Jesus. Like, okay, this is, yeah, this is what I'm partnering with. This is what we're doing. I'm, a, I'm collaborating with this dude. That's right. I forgot. This is the guy that I gave my life to. The book of John is like one of the best. It has 21 chapters. That's one chapter a day. Say what? One chapter a day. Okay, we all got 10 hours, you know, to binge watch the latest thing on Netflix. You got one chapter's worth of time a day. Super, super big sacrifice we're going to make together. I'm going to add this reading in my life on top of all the other readings that I do. I'm not going to stop any of my other stuff. I'm going to do this with you. We're going to do it together. 21 days. All you have to do, the invitation is yours. All you have to do is hit the button. Let's start the plan. If you want to read on your own, it's a chapter a day. You read one chapter of John a day for 21 days. We're going to do it together. Amen? Why don't you join me in standing? Was any of this helpful? want to demystify some of this, so I'm glad it was helpful. Here's some questions. You can find these questions on our app as well, at the bottom of our sermon notes, but I'm going to read them uh, rather quickly. Currently, what is the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning? Am I feeding my feelings or am I feeding my faith? Am I feeding my feelings or am I feeding my faith? So I'm going to do what I feel like, or I'm going to do what my faith tells me that if I can if, if I can be intentional about developing this relationship with the Bible, my day is going to be better. Something's happening. Number two, uh, this is the question that I have. God, what are you wanting to reveal to me through your scriptures? That's your question. That's your prayer. God, what do you want to reveal to me? Not reveal to my spouse, not reveal to my neighbor who I want to shoot their dog and And number three, what is one thing that I can apply to my life today from Scripture? So here's the deal. What's one thing you can apply to your life today from Scripture? Well, I, I hope it's hit the start button on that plan and walk for 21 days with us through the book of John. This is very, this is like, I want to give very easy on-ramps. We can all do this. And then we can graduate to longer things. We can graduate to reading through the whole Bible in 90 days, which is a crazy idea. But we can start with the book of John. Amen? Okay, let's pray. God, I pray um, just a blessing over our family right now. Truly, just bless our family. Just the time that we're in. I know that we're uh, gearing back up. Um, families, things are uh, in the tension of change. School starts back up. Work schedules change. Things are happening. Just that time of the year. Even if you don't have a child that's in school, you're dealing with the traffic from more people on the freeway, taking their kids to school. Can I get an amen? Amen, yep. So God, I ask that you would bless us with a heart to just make this one simple habit the very first thing that we do in the day because it will change everything. 
that we can take these three simple steps and we can apply them in our lives. We would join together as a family for 21 days in this habit of making you first every day. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything, we have a ministry team that would love to pray for you. If you have questions about God, because maybe you came here looking for something. If you didn't come looking for God, if you have questions about something, I would uh, highly encourage you to come forward. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to introduce you to this guy named Jesus who has always had you as first in his life. To his father, who his whole goal was to reveal his love. Tenacious, diligent, jealous love for you. We'd love to introduce you to him. But for the rest of us, that we would walk out of here um, encouraged, and we would be encouragers. We would find that our lives are rooted in your word, rooted in your scripture, rooted in the truths that you say about us, rooted in your promises. That you have a promise for our prosperity and our success. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' powerful name. Everyone said, Amen and Amen.